We're in the middle of a, of a little three-part piece on Psalms 118. Let me read to you Psalm 118, verses 24 and 27. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God. And he has made his light to shine upon us. Let's pray a moment. Heavenly Father, we do love you. Lord, we depend upon you to speak to our hearts and minds as we hear your word. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would truly be our teacher, that you would convince us, convict us as only you can. And Lord, especially that you would change all of us just a little bit more into the image in which we were created, into your image, Lord. Minister your grace to us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let me give you a profound statement this morning. Life isn't easy. What do you think? I don't need a show of hands because I think no, nobody here would disagree with that. It's not easy, and sometimes the, the more you try and the more you work and the more you get bogged down in it, the more difficult it gets. Life isn't easy. But let me tell you, life is good. Good. It is possible to greet each day with a smile. It is possible to say that this is the day that the Lord has made. It's expensive. It is possible to get excited about what possibilities lay ahead. Excited about the direction that you're headed and going in. Excited about what God is doing in your life. It is possible, even when you're in the middle of just a mess. You know, those unexpected complications that seem to always find us? Maybe it's caused by our own mistakes. Maybe it was caused by someone else. Maybe it's a result of economy or financial problems or health problems or relationship problems. No matter what the cause. Maybe it's a little bit of everything at once. Last week we started looking at, at being centered in God's presence. On, on living a God-centered life. Finding that place of peace. Finding that, that place of wholeness. Being able to remain hopeful and optimistic even when life doesn't fully cooperate. We looked at David's experience and the declaration that, that he made in Psalm 118 that God is for me. God is for me. And you know, if you believe those words, if you believe that God is truly for you, you can endure anything. You can endure anything, whether it's you're facing prison or whether you're facing persecution or whether you're facing poverty or, or sickness or loneliness or failure, no matter what it is, even death. 
If you believe that God is for you, you'll have the strength that you need to persevere in it all. Even if, on the other hand, you don't believe that God is for you. If instead you believe that He's sort of out to get you. We talked about that last week. If He doesn't really care, He's out there somewhere but not paying any attention to your need particularly. If that's the case, then every little problem is going to become monumental. Every little obstacle is going to seem insurmountable. That's why it's it's a crucial first step to living in the fullness of God, to living in the center of His will. That we believe the truth that the Bible says over and over and over again, that God is for us. God is for you as His child. He is for you. And the second step in in that living in the center of His will is what we're going to talk about today. And that's believing another truth that is throughout the Scripture, and that God is in control. We sang it this morning. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. The world often seems like an out-of-control place, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't take much thought to, to come to that conclusion. It doesn't appear at times that the good guys are winning. In fact, more often than not, it seems like the good guys are kind of coming in and down the line somewhere. You know, I don't have to list everything that's wrong with this world. You know, you've got your own list. But I want you to know that today, in spite of how things appear, God is in control. God is in control. Total control. No situation is beyond His grasp. No situation is outside of His will. No situation is beyond His power to redeem and save. We see examples of this this all through the Bible. When when the people of Israel stood on the banks of the Red Sea with the vast water before them and Pharaoh's army closing in fast behind them, the situation looked out of control. It was bad. But with God, things aren't always what they seem, are they? He made a way for the people of Israel to escape. He parted the water. And he destroyed Pharaoh's army because God is in control. In the same way, when Jesus was arrested on the Friday before Easter, when all his disciples scattered and the sentence of death was passed upon him, it looked like everything had spun into chaos. A few of the faithful stood around. A few stood in the courtyard watching from the security of the crowd, trying to blend in. All that they had worked for, all that they had hoped for for the past three years, all that they had talked about seemed to be lost forever. The situation looked out of control. But with God, things aren't always how they seem. The death of Jesus was was not a victory for Satan. In fact, it was a crushing defeat because God is in control. This morning, I want us to go back to David and this Psalm 118 and see how in the midst of our chaotic world, God centered Himself 
in the life of David. And David found a, a touch point, a place of rest, a place of hope, a place of promise in the presence of God. And he learned that God was always in control. And the first thing that David did, and the first thing that comes to us in this psalm, is that David learned to celebrate every, every day as a gift from God. Every moment of life as an opportunity to celebrate Him, to be with Him, to serve Him. That's what he's saying in, in verse 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I know you can look prophetically in, with that verse and you can look at this is the day when Jesus came and that's, that's all fine, but I don't want to go prophetic. I want to go in the now with this right here. Where was David in the now? That's where you and I are. We have hopes for the future. And Jesus is coming. And there will be a day, another day, a second day, when He will come into this earth. And we can celebrate that day. And we can rejoice in that day. And we should. But what are we going to do today? How are we going to live in the now? So David's talking about not only a day out there. God's not only given him that prophetic word. But he's also given him a word for now. A word for now. What a great verse it is to start every day. Declaring that today is God's day. It is God's day. He created it. He is in total control of it. And I'm going to choose to rejoice in that. I'm going to celebrate Him in that. I want you to know that today is not an accident. Nothing is an accident with God. God has His finger and His plan in all things. God made this day in, in our life, and God made this day in, 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 in this world. Now, some of you could be tempted to say, yeah, God might have made it, but I messed it up about the time my feet hit the floor, right? And we do some of that. We do a whole lot of carrying on. We make a lot of dumb decisions. We yell at the kids. We yell at the wife or the husband. You know, we may have been fussing on the way to church. You know, we're late, we're late, we got to get there, what's... You know, or that slowpoke that's in front of us. No matter how things look, no matter how bad things may look or how good things may look, your day is not ruined. It is not ruined. Maybe difficult, maybe a challenging day, but it's not destroyed. Because today and every day, is a day that God has made. And He intends to accomplish one of two things in those 24 hours. He will either carry you through all the challenges of that day, every situation that you're facing, or He will deliver you from them. He made this day to give you strength. He made this day to empower you he made this day to change you. He made this day to, to move you a step closer to the person that you were created to be, that you were designed to be. One step closer to being in the very center of His presence. Look at how David received his day. He said, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice. It requires a choice, doesn't it? 
A decision needs to be made. It's, it's something that, that we can do or not do. From the time you open your eyes in the morning, you're making choices. We all do. And one of the first choices we, we can make each day is, what am I going to think about? What's on my mind? What am I going to focus on? It's too often that, that laundry list of to-dos comes up. And we get all wrapped up in, in the do's of the day instead of the why. Too often when we're going through difficult times, we start today thinking about all the negative things of life. What bad thing is going to happen today? And you hardly want to climb out of bed because all the stuff that's waiting you. If we're not careful before we, we know it, we're, we can be completely focused on, on the power of our problems rather, and on the power of our mistakes or the power of sinfulness or the power of our enemies. And we're not thinking about the power of God. We're not thinking about how, how He designed this day, every day, to bring good into our life. To bring hope into our life. Because He loves us. His children. Those who call upon His name. He loves us. He is for you. Remember that? He is for you. He is in control. That's good news. It's not a bad habit each day to get into the practice of talking to God before you get out of bed. Before you talk to anyone else, even if it's just to say, good morning, Lord. Good morning. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to rejoice in this day that you have made. Because I know you love me. Because I know you care about me. Because I know that you are for me. I know that you are in control of everything. Everything. I know that you are orchestrating everything, everything in this day, everything in my life to work, as Paul said in Romans, together for good. And God's good is our good. Second step in trying to develop this, this God is in control mindset would be to ask for more than enough. Maybe we should say, think big. We tend to think too little. We think to squeeze our great God down into a, something we can kind of put in our mind. If you can put God in your brain, mm -mm, that's not God. You just got a piece. Got to think big. Listen to what David, has in verse, David says in verse 25. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray. And the ESV says, give us success. The NIV, I think, says, give us salvation. David already was a saved man. And the word success is much better captures the meaning of what we're talking about. In other words, prosper me, Lord. Give me the fruit of my labor. Give me a blessing on this day. He wasn't praying with a poverty mindset. No, he wasn't saying, Lord, just help me squeak by. Help us to get through it somehow, some way. How many of us do that? No. David was praying, 
Lord, prosper my hand. Send abundance. Send plenty. Give me victory over this day in all the situations and circumstances that are out there before me. Take a moment and think about what prosperity means in the context of your problems and your situations right now. What kind of abundance do you need? Is it an abundance of money? Is it an abundance of ideas, an abundance of health, love in your marriage, your family life, other relationships? When you believe that that God is in control of a situation, totally sovereign, you don't need to ask for barely enough. Ask for what you need. Ask for it all. Lord, I I want everything you have for me. That's, That's a good prayer. Everything you want me to have, Lord, pour it on me. Because God is in control. When you ask for just enough to get by, you're not really asking for anything. There's no faith in that. You're just hoping. Just hoping. Hoping that your circumstances will get a little better. Maybe. Maybe. Like I said, there's no faith in that. That's acquiescence. It's not in God's plan for His people to merely survive. God wants us to thrive. He wants us to thrive. Remember, it's God in in 1 John 3 who, who lavishes His love upon us. He doesn't just give us love. He lavishes His love upon us. I love that word. I love that thought. More than enough. Not a little bit. Beyond measure. Or as Paul who... Who called, us in, who called us in Romans 8, more than conquerors. Not just conquerors. More than conquerors. Put your mind around that. That's the kind of God that we have. Or, or what did Jesus say in John 10.10? 10, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Or, or to the full. To the full. The little Greek word there is, is a word we get telescope from. You know, it keeps going way out there. And, and so we just keeps going, getting bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better and better. That's, that's the life that Jesus came for us to have. That's the life that Jesus died for us to have. So no matter what your life looks like today, know that God is in control. And that means that we, we, we can and should ask for more than what we think is even enough. You can expect blessings, and you can expect abundance, and you can expect prosperity, no matter how far away it might seem. Remember who is the giver and ask for it. Here's a third thought in developing this God is in control mindset, and that is look to the light. David said in 27, the Lord is God. And He has made His light to shine upon us. What do you think the word light means? We know you know about lights. We have that concept. But when David is using this word, David's talking about maybe the Word of God, right? I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure that's part of it. He said in Psalm 119, just following this, Thy word is a lamp unto my, to my feet and a light unto my path. That word, God's word, 
illumines God for us to see. If you're in the middle of a mess, you need to seek and find God's presence in His Word. The word light can also mean hope. As David said in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? You know, we commonly use the little hopeful phrase, the light at the end of the tunnel. Something better is coming. Something greater is going to happen. God promises to always care for His people. And He is our light. The word light, though, also finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. As John said of Jesus in in chapter 1 of the Gospel, verse 9, the true light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Talking about Jesus. You and I, we, we don't have to endure day upon day of darkness. God wants to bring light into our life. He wants to give us hope. He wants to give us a future, a good future, a promising future. He wants His presence to be within us. He wants to give us Jesus. It may seem for a moment there's no solution to the problems that you face. That it's all darkness. We might feel like our our life is just one big, unimaginable mess. Go right out of one, right into another, into another. Don't believe your feelings. Look. Look to the light. Look to the light. Oh yes, life isn't easy. We know that. We all face challenges big and small. Sometimes things seem out of control. Maybe, maybe more often than not, they seem out of your control or my control. But the key word there is seem. Seem. Because no matter how things look today, there is a place of peace. There is a place of hope. And it's in the presence of God. And it's a choice we make, you and I. It's a choice to be honest with our own situation, with our own abilities, with who we are. It's a choice to be honest with who God is and to trust that He will deliver on His promises. A choice to celebrate every day. Every day. Because every day is this day that God has designed to bless you, to teach you, to help you. A choice to ask for more than enough. Ask for it all. Ask for it all. Because God wants you to have a life overflowing. We're just talking about money. We're talking about life overflowing. All of life. To the full, as Jesus said. A choice to look to the light. Because in His Word and in His presence in Jesus is all the help and the hope that you and I will ever need. Center yourself in the presence of God. Nestle into His love and discover the riches of His blessing.
That's what God is trying to call us to in this little song right in the center of our Bible. Next week, we're going to take the last and the rest of 118, a third step in living a God-centered life. We're going to talk about God has a plan for you.